So are we, are we, we're just warming <laughs> we're, up the stream, We're right? fucking this up tonight really bad. I'm just revving this engine. We don't have the tomb weighing us down. We can. The the weight the weight is lifted. Free. Yep, that it has. We're just living free. Living free. Live free. Die hard. Die harder. Can we all breathe? Like <gasps> into the nose, out through the mouth. So let's get, let's do some announcements right off the top. We'll get that done first. Um, uh, follow us at Dabod D&D if you're listening to us on podcast format. You can come to Twitch, follow us here, catch us live streaming, interact in chat. Uh, if you're in Twitch, you can if you've missed an episode or you want to go back and finish the Tomb of Annihilation, we're on YouTube at Dabod D&D or where any podcast can be found at Dabod D&D. Remember, it's an N, not the ampersand. An ampersand. So that's very specific. We we come up with an N very regularly without the N. We're lower in the search results. So follow us at DadBodDnd. We're at Twitter. We just got our Instagram going. It's DadBodDnd. Pretty easy, I think. Check um, it out. It's dank. It's we got we don't so have many memes. memes. We don't have any memes there. No memes. Big news. We did a dice <laughs> giveaway last Friday, which Timmy Nips won. But congratulations, Timmy Nips. But. It was a sponsored giveaway by Skull Splitter Dice. So we are officially sponsored by Skull Splitter Dice. Um, if you want to order some dice, you didn't win. I know you're sad. We're all sad. Uh, we have a link that you can get 10% off, um, which Binks has his. Can you oh, show yeah, us yeah, today? Show, show that can, you today. Can, you, can you open it? They're so freaking nice. Dude, that little can is is worth it alone. Yeah, they're so nice. I I got the Warlock set with the, pink, or the purple uh, lettering. Can't get too close, yeah. but but they're uh, they feel really nice. The case is nice and compact. Good good place to hold them. I it, shipping was like super fast. It came there in Florida. I'm on the the west coast. Took like three four days. Yeah, nice. I I just bought mine today. I bought the icy blue. Excited man. They're I mean they're worth the money. So, but we got we got some discounts for you if you want. You can use Dad Bod promo code. It's dad bod one word um, and get ten percent off. So, check that out. All right, uh, enough advertising. Well, they also have the Kickstarter going, which is a pretty cool deal. It's not live yet, but you can go in and you can check it out. You can enter to win a free uh, Kickstarter level. I, I don't know what it is. An early backer, I think. Uh, you can go do that. Uh, cut three different sets of dice in there with some some uh, adventures that you get with it that go with the dice. So each set of dice has its own adventure it's kind of cool little deal uh just check that out i think it goes live in like two days two or three days something like that let's do this i have i've kept my lips sealed for an entire week we did finish tomb of annihilation and we will be talking about it tonight so it's the post-mortem um we're going to talk about how we how we like the module our reaction to it um talk about maybe a, a, an alternate universe where maybe we won um and then we, we talk about some of, you know, what the characters would have done. So where we where the the tomb ended was um, the party made it to the Atropol, which is the Soulmonger. And that was the um, giant monstrosity that was guarding it. 
And you guys, you guys made short work of that. You did pretty well. You know, maybe a little overconfident at that point. And as soon as the soulmonger fell into um, the lava and, and destroyed, you did see all of the souls rush out and maybe re-enter their old hosts or go to the astral plane where they're normally at. Where We don't know, right? Obviously, you don't know that. And then you guys face-to-face -face with Aserak, the famous arch-lich that... Uh, you fared pretty well. You guys, you guys did very well. Unfortunately, you died. Um, Kylie, you did make it out, and then you wished him to you, <laughs> and he murdered you. <laughs> um, which you know, there was some chat controversy there, but so that's where we were left off. Anything you guys want to talk about? How last session ended? So we'll we'll go into. Your thoughts of last session, real quick. I don't think it could have ended any better. Mm -hmm. Like, and and at first, you know, I felt a little salty that you know the TPKA took place, and you know, Binks is gone. And uh, but after editing through the, the the VOD and and kind of getting it and looking at it again, I don't think it could have ended any better. There was some epic moments in that final session that uh i you couldn't have planned like and uh, i don't know if we want to go into some of those but yeah, like, this will yeah. be a this will be a spoiler laden episode yeah, we should yeah. stay up front. So, Dev, I'll, I'll go to the the biggest one and that's Devin grappling the lich and jumping into the lava with the with the natural 20 on the the, <laughs> the strength check i mean oh, you can't plan that shit the, when the one moment you need to have the best role of your life you got it you know, that's like that shit doesn't happen all the time. And, and it happened for us in that moment. And it was like just this moment where we kind of all lost our shit. It didn't work out in the end, but we didn't know that. It was an epic moment. And, and I don't think Vinny, I mean, I may be speaking for Devin here, but I don't think Vinny would want to go any other way. Yeah, I, I think the awesome thing about how it ended is we technically won. The point of Tomb of Annihilation is to destroy the Soulmonger. Check. We did that. We all got murked, but we did it. And honestly, like when you're, so, Tomb of Annihilation. For those that that maybe don't know, it's it's kind of like a meat grinder. Like the whole point is like everything is super deadly, as opposed to maybe other D and D games where you're going to focus more on the narrative and focus on the storyline. And there's might be some deadlier moments than others. There's multiple points where like you can just instantly die in in Tomb of Annihilation. So. The fact that we won the game but still ended up all dying is so just appropriate uh, for the tomb. Mm -hmm. I definitely right. like the word appropriate better than couldn't have happened better. <laughs> absolutely accurate. All right. I'll give you that. I think a happier ending would have been technically better. But definitely much less appropriate. I really am happy with the way it ended, though. I think a TPK after getting this old monger and all that stuff taken care of was. I agree, and I mean that that fight was was pretty great, and it, it, it I... was pretty unwinnable from the start. And when you guys, when you yeah, guys when your spell black. save DC is twenty eight, <laughs> and your modifier is six, there's no way. There's no fucking way. Nope. Yeah, there's no the way. only and... way. Was if we were in in uh, Victon's aura, and he gives us his charisma mod bump, 
We would all have to roll a natural 20. I think Kylie was one off on a roll. You were yes, one she off. was. So she close. was. She was. Yep. Yeah, so close. Oh. I saved on one roll, and that was, that was it. So, so okay, so those are initial reactions. We'll, we'll go, we'll break the module down in, in a second, but I do want to do a world wrap-up. So, where what happens after the party defeats the Soulmonger? What happens after you guys, you know, make make the effort, do it. What what happens to the rest of the world? Because I think it, it'd be a fitting close. So after the events of the Soulmonger, um, Syndra, who, if you guys remember, was the very first person that was introduced in the tomb. And, you know, you kind of pan to her, and the moment that that falls, that death curse lifts, and the pale white skin that she had, it has regained its fleshy color so it's that natural you know like pink and and you know almost tan because she's been in port nine zaro for long enough um but that skin regains its color she waits a month or so in port nine zaro for the return of who she hired to fix this and after nobody returns um she decides to make the trek back to Baldur's gate and Keeping true to her promise to you guys, you know, rewards you handsomely. And, you know, she's well off and it doesn't really matter. She tries to track down any known relatives of Rosara, Bram, Binks, uh, Ragnar, and Pixie. She's only able to find one relative, and that is Rosara's. So once she does find Rosara's family farm... She has a wagon of gold delivered. Devin, I would like to ask you, what would what would your family do with a, a wagon of gold? Rizar was the oldest of 11 brothers and sisters. They lived at the base of a mountain where there was a temple, a dwarven temple. And I think they would have probably given a lot of money to the temple. I am trying to remember who her god was. Dwarven Dude, god of was, the forge. Um, yeah, it was the forge. So the the backstory on 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 her was that she joined up with the temple and became a follower um, because she wanted a, a a way to leave. And so I think seeing this wagon of gold and being told that it was from something that Razar had done, and she didn't say goodbye to them. It's like a big part of her character was she doesn't like goodbyes. I think they would have probably kept it for a long time, waiting for her to come back. And uh, when she didn't, I think they would have probably given Onatar. Yeah, they would have given all of it to the to the temple. They're halflings; they don't have much use for gold as it is. But they would have they would have thought that a fitting tribute to to Rizara. And the other portion gets set up in Baldur's Gate, and it, it gets set up in in the form of almost like a charity. It, it, it's it, it's called the Harbor Boys Refuge. And it's yeah. it's a place for those homeless. Um, maybe parents died during a war, a disease, a plague, something. Found themselves on the street. In a way to commemorate Binks, who so valiantly gave his life, she noted it as the Harbor Boys Refuge. And it has enough space, living enough funds to keep the majority of street urchin children 
off the streets. <laughs> and what would you imagine that looking like, Binks? Uh, well, in this, I actually wrote a uh, <laughs> a postmortem if Binks survived, and that was actually the first thing he would do is he would come back and and create this this it an orphanage of sorts, but more, but it's more than that, and. And it is a place for these uh, forgotten or these poor children or abused children children or uh, orphan children to kind of have a place. And uh, he would make sure that they have access to like just education and, and training and kind of honing any uh, natural abilities that they have. But he would also just make sure that they have access to a family, like something that uh, maybe they that's why they are on the streets and struggling so much. But he would make sure that this is a place to build this family structure for them. Uh, and I think that's what Binks was always kind of searching for. And, and one of the main reasons why he took this, this quest to go to Cholt is because he didn't have the means to build a family of his own uh, with, with just being a Harbor boy. Uh, so he, he took this and that's, so that's like, that, that's like a perfect ending. Uh, and, and I think Binks would be uh, uh, overexcited to, to know that that's happening. And these, these other kids, these other boys uh, are are being taken care of. So yeah, totally. Yeah, and and so spanning out further than just your guys's direct involvement, you know, unfortunately Bram, Ragnar, uh, and Pixie, um, those were the other three members of the original party, and the the other newer members, so Victon, Willow, Vinny, um, Silver, Zelstri. Idiotios, all of these other characters so that, that come in and out, you guys are unsung heroes. Nobody will ever speak your name for what you've done because joining in the middle of the jungle, nobody knows you were there. Nobody knows that you risked, well, you gave your life for everybody else. And so, Span. You know, panning out further from just the, the direct influence of the party, you see that the local uh, chapels, the priests, the clergy, whatever, they're able to give some of these resurrection things that, that they haven't been able to do in the past. They're able to give people life back after they've passed away. And so you guys get, you know, not you as a party, but just the world is, is restored to its normal place. And um, unfortunately, you didn't get didn't get to beat the Archlich Aserak. He's still out there, and he's still causing trouble. So, with the world wrap up, is there anything you know, Victon, you want to add? Willow, you want to add that you you may want to add just a little bit of flavor to? I have nothing to add flavor to. My clan died. My character died. There's nobody to survive or live on his legacy in any way, shape, or form. So Sorry. His is probably the most sad story of them all. <laughs> the end, I would say, fortunately. Yeah, I would agree. What about you, Willow? I think that I would add that Willow's sister never really had closure. Her sister kind of disappeared on this great adventure that they were happy-go-lucky supposed to go on. And then, you know, Willow never appeared again. Do you think she's out there still searching? Um, I think she probably searched for a little while. And then I think she probably settled down, you know, got over the wild travel streak, settled down. 
Probably had like a family named a daughter after her or something. Nice. Um, Did she know you were looking for her? And trying to meet up was that like a planned thing or, or what um they were they were supposed to go to Waterdeep and they were going to go on an adventure together and they ended up on two different ships and then she was going to go back to Waterdeep after they got off Chult. so do you think your the sister would have thought that willow just found the adventures more interesting than she was no i think that they were close enough that okay. they would have she would have assumed something happened to her Good. I, I like that much better than what I was thinking. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, nice. I like that. And she was pretty young, right? You guys were both like under twenty. Yeah. Were you 20? like the kid? She was like the kid that goes on spring break and just is like <laughs> missing. Yep, that's exactly what. Oh <laughs> shit! <man. laughs> shit! Hey, good times, everybody. I know. <laughs> sad. So uh, sad. And then last, Vinny. Anything, uh, any wrap-up in, in your world that you would like to see happen here? Uh, no. Um, I think kind of I think it was well-established by Vinny's character that uh, anybody he cared about died with him in the tomb. Um, he, had, he came in with no friends. He came in with no one that he could truly say was family, um, that treated him like family. Uh... He came in with with no purpose in life, and n- no, I have nothing. I think that's fitting too for Vinny, to be honest. Yeah, that's that's Vinny. And, and, and so that that's the wrap up. That that's how this story is going to end. You know, not everything's happy, not everything's a good ending, but you know, the the suffering of a few made it better for the masses. And but. I think, like Devin said, though we were successful, we t- we righted the biggest wrong, and that was getting Agreed. the soul longer taken away, mm-hmm. and now people can uh, lay to rest, however they do. Everything is back. Not saying that the lich is not going to go right back to work creating a new one, <laughs> like that's somebody else's job now. But we did our part, and I think in a game like Tomb Annihilation, we can we can hang our hat on that. You know, we can. We we can check that box. We can we get gold stars. Like we we did it, and yeah, and, and you guys you guys got pretty close to uh, <laughs> to uh, and, and so just just looking at it, he was out of pretty high level spell slots. Um, he had a lot. Oh, they're of, just not all at will. No, unfortunately not. Um, but he was down to about a hundred after Vinny decided to take him into the lava. He was down to about one hundred and ten hit points out of two eighty five. So. You guys, you guys are bloodied really, him. Oh we, shit! Yeah. So that last going back to kind of that last episode that really highlighted our deficiency as a as a party makeup. Yes. Uh, yes. Having yes. like the a, a good amount, good collection of classes. We had no spell. True. I mean, the druid uh, Willow was our clo- was our spellcaster. That was it. And that's like, it, and then we had we had like Simber. We had. You know, Victon, we had uh, Lulu Canoe. Those are all melee kind of people, man. Azaka is, is truly a melee uh, a fighter. It's tough when he's sitting over there just throwing out pop shots like well, power word kills and, and clouds. It's like, what do you what do? You, do? you have nothing to kind of counteract that. Yeah, we, I think that really was our biggest. 
Yeah. And it's not a flaw in any of us. We're just playing characters that we wanted to play, so it's it to, just, it didn't work with the the this tune. To put this in Overwatch terms, we are a, a team of Reinhardts uh, facing a Pharah. <laughs> uh, good luck to yeah, us. Right. Um, but no, and and that's that's true. And it's funny as I feel like the whole lead up to the tomb almost like okie doked us, right? Because right. up until then, we hadn't run into anybody who threw magic spells. Like there was there was not a single person right. we fought who was like a magic user. The Oni kind of, yeah, but even that. then, he's all up in your face. Like he's like right there, so your your melee guys can get to him. Um, and it's such a meat grinder that we all think, I cannot be a wizard. I will get one shot. <laughs> I can't. I can't play a rogue. I'm going to get murked immediately. And so we, I think we all thought, I need to play Paladin. I need to play Cleric. I need to play Druid who can, you know, who wild shape into a bear. Um, we were all, and, the, and then like, you know, Banks and I from the very beginning, like our character was like, I need to play like the long range sniper. I need to put in lots of damage right out the gate. It just it wasn't a good, it yeah. wasn't a good mixture. And this week I went and I I read a lot of the tomb book. And there's so <laughs> many places in there where they go a magic caster can cast a spell magic. A magic yeah. caster can spell can can cast a banishment. A magic caster can do this. And I'm like, nope. Nope, None can't of do that. that. Can't do, couldn't have done this. Yeah. Can't do this. Yeah. yeah, and I mean that part of and, and before we get too deep into this because that, we're kind of bleeding into our last yeah. topic of Sorry. the module review. But part of it is we we changed our mentality of this of this module. We changed it from that meat grinder, and we already had the party composition that wasn't the best. Right. When we made that change, so there's like I know some of you guys had some different. Uh, characters lined up if, if this one died but we man, we made that change and nobody died from there on out until the very end and it's like well shit maybe we shouldn't have because yeah. you know maybe we needed that Can I, so one question I had for the group and I thought about this a lot this week how could we have how could we have done that differently what could we have done as a party current makeup to actually make it out I'm talking how could we have been successful yes with the five the four of us yeah that were in the tomb yeah. with those characters. Ooh. Yeah. So not really alternate reality what happened to your character. How? What could we have done better as a party? Like, first of all, like, I know my thought on it is we're murder hobo to the max. Like, we should have started running. Um, we should have yeah. found a way over to the blue so, portal and we should have made a run for it. So I think, like, if we could have figured out a way to get the Soulmonger down without ruining and breaking all the struts all the the connectors yep. and been able to now have a bridge that gets us to the other platforms and then who knows what are in those urns we could mess around with those we got that tele that little the, the blue light that uh willow was able to go through like that's i think was our if i could change one thing let's figure out how to get the soulmonger down and leave the struts up so that we can now get up there and move around some of those melee characters can now get in the face of because imagine lou canoe in the face of the lich, okay. Now he, now that person that we don't give a shit about is is taking the heat, and then we can sit back and, and pop some shots at, at him. I think it's a little different outcome. Well, and, and mm. I think from from behind the screen, it, it the only difference, the only thing you could have changed, because if 
he had very very good crowd control. Um, he had very good dominate. <laughs> so oh. if Lou Canoe gets up in his face, he's going to dominate, and now you're fighting him and Lou. The only outcome, and, and Kylie, this is going to be in, in your ballpark, was the wish. The only thing that would have got you through that fight was the wish. That's the only thing. No matter how. No, Go ahead. I kind of wanted to use the wish a little bit, but I felt like I also wanted to see the story play out without it. So I was like, I'm just going to hold on to it and see what happens. <laughs> um, and maybe that's not fair. There, there's minor things you could have changed, but I think the biggest game changer was going to be that wish in, in the current makeup that you have because the moment that you get face-to-face with Aserak is when power word kill came out is when dominate monster or hold monster no dominate monster comes out um he also has a hold what was the cloud one uh cloud kill or cloud kill he also has a time stop so time stop is is essentially where he just stops time for you guys and he can move around and and reset himself up where he wants but the moment he like attacks you is when time picks back up Oh, I was just gonna say it was it was awesome to fight somebody that powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, it, yes. you know, we other than the Oni, we never really fought. There were some times where we were challenged and we were kind of some people went down and and made, some people lost their life, but it was more just like an accident, you know. Where this was like, dude, if we make a wrong step, we are screwed and going to die. So it, it was fun to kind of sit there and really have to think through your uh, your moves. In this last, in that last uh, arena, I guess. That was great. Yeah. So I've got to ask about the wish, though. So, what was your thought process about bringing all of us, including Atherak, <laughs> out of the tomb? I thought that I could go find a healer, or I could go find somebody to resurrect you guys. Mm-hmm. I, and I was worried that if I left you guys in there, that I would have to go back through the tomb by myself, and I wanted the campaign to end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so why did you include him with us? Was there a point to that, or? Good question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he would come after us regardless. I don't know. That's so, fair. I totally thought he would. That's funny. I wouldn't have been surprised I, I if he didn't did. Even cross my mind to leave him there. <laughs> Well, and it is funny what like how your brain works in these situations. Yes, oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. yes. Um, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. It says it all the time. Oh, right. We we could have done a billion things differently. You could have long rested before. You could have you know whatever. There there are so many things we could have done differently that would have changed the outcome of the fight. But I think in the current setup where we started, the number one thing would have been the wish to just revive everybody to full hit points uh, and full spell slots and. Well, the the monkey's paw element of wish makes yeah, it really scary about yeah. using wish. Like, great, everybody's back with full health. Nobody has spell slots, and or so there's gonna be some downside so, to it. Well, and and that's where the or it the, doubles his health or something. I yeah, don't know. yeah, yeah, but, something stupid. But that's where the specifics come in. If you know, and as a DM, I would have been like, if if Kylie, you wished for full health, full spell slots on the party only, I wouldn't have given a very bad... Like, I, what what other effect could you have given? Because that's very specific in, I want 
Binks, Vinny, Victon, uh, Luke Canoe, Simber, Azaka to be f- probably Azaka was the only one that wouldn't have come back because she was dead, dead. Mm. Um, and this, well, I guess the Soulmonger was dead, so she probably would have come back. Um, well, and my thought process behind that is we didn't have a lot of health gone by the time we did we? Think- by the time at. I think by the time you left, um, it was looking a little rough. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Vinny no, was when, as when he came in to the story. When oh, when he came in. in oh, we were. Oh, we were. Oh, we were great. We stopped yeah, so the afterpol. Why I didn't use it at that point, and then after that, I I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, let's just see how this goes. Yeah, no, I mean, but, in, no, I mean sorry. at all. Sorry, I mean, guys. No, 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 there's no reason to apologize. I mean, <laughs> no. it, it was, Goodness, no. I, it, 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 it was what it was. It made for a great ending. Um, I, I personally thought you were going to wish to see your sister or go to your sister. That's what I thought, too. That's what uh, I thought you were going to do. You look around, everybody's dying. You see it, you make a run for it, and you wish to be with your sister. Man. Yeah, I and then you find out she's in the tomb. <laughs> yeah, oh God. She's but, right behind you. What a twist! I, we both I, died. I think Kylie, you said something that's kind of telling of our thoughts of the tomb. Is like you didn't want you wanted the tomb to end. You wanted the campaign to end, right? Yeah. I think, yeah. I think we were all yeah. on that same page, and I think that's why we're all laughing and smiling yeah. about this TPKs. We were we were at this point where we were just. Man, how many more levels of this tomb do we have to go through? And I don't want to get too much into the module thing because I, I do think yeah, we want we'll to get talk into about that, characters yeah. and stuff. But so I think that's just a, a testament of our our feelings and our just how we were f- just carrying on this weight of the tomb, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so with, with that, I, I think that's a good wrap up. I think that we've closed this chapter in our book. Um, yep. What I would like to do. This is this is just fun. If you guys have it prepared, great. If not, don't worry about it. I would like to do an alternate universe. I would like to... Let's do a wrap-up if this party had defeated Aserak, had gotten out successfully of the tomb with no death. So I'll start with... Binks, I know you're ready. <laughs> um, oh, I, I have it written out. I, uh, I, I want to start with Willow. Willow, what what... What is the life after the tomb for Willow? Willow would have found her way back to her sister, would have found her in Waterdeep. Um, I think that, you know, in the life I talked that did happen, her sister kind of left behind the adventuring party, but having, or adventuring, but having each other, I feel like they would have had a long life of maybe adventuring, probably doing some work um, once they built up their skills for kings and queens finding treasure you know just kind of being this duo of Dungeon power Dungeons. and yeah for sure and like uh it. yeah i don't think that they would have ever really settled down i think they would have grown old just traveling the world i like that that's good good what life about, uh, what about you victon what, what would victon's life have been after the tomb there there were some interesting elements throughout the story, like when we killed those guards on the boat, that I think he would have had a little bit of t- trouble dealing with still after the tomb, after the disastrous tomb that it was. Um, so I think he would have spent some time meditating on that and kind of trying to clear his conscience. 
And I think either after or a part of that process, since his party was dead, he had nowhere specific to go. So he probably, I think he would have gone to Curse Ball and helped out there. Because they nice. needed help. Nice! Uh, so I think he would have gone back there and helped with the garden or the farm or whatever they had that they needed help with. Make the stairs, you know, even stronger and sturdier so people don't have to deal with what we did. I, I'm imagining, and so you saying that in my head now, if you've ever watched Avatar The Last Airbender, I'm imagining him like this old soldier who just is there gardening, but he's like the protector of Curseball. Like, you know, like he's the dude who can bust out children from under his bed and and protect the city. That was, yeah, That's fucking I, cool. I didn't even consider it as a guardianship to you, but I think that's a great thing to add to it is that he would have been that guard if they ever got attacked or would have gone with them because they were always out on runs for supplies and stuff. Maybe go with them or do something to help them out. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you. I like that. That's a good, uh, that's a good yeah, wrap that's up awesome. to the victim story. I... I loved Curse of All. I, I did too. Probably the oh, best location outside of Port Nizar. Well, yeah, we'll get. We're going to talk about that. Yeah. We talk about. Can we, well, I don't know. Are we going to talk about like our favorite things I, from it? That kind of that when we talk about the yeah, module. We can. Yeah, we'll, okay, we'll, all right, we'll, we'll, cool. we'll get back to it. Um, all right, Vinny. Well, what would yeah. what would life have been for Vinny? So, uh, Vinny is a character, kind <laughs> of. <laughs> Oh, yeah? <laughs> He's a character he, in the Tomb of Annihilation. He was played no, by Devin. Sh- and... sh- hang on. Um, so I set up pretty early that uh, he had kind of a a, a thing for Izaka, um, but never really, like, just came out and, and said it. I still don't think that it was, like, it was romantic love. Um, I think he saw someone who was honorable and honest who made him a better person and i think he would have done anything everything he could in his power to get her to come with him i had in my head that uh they would travel west and find out what was there which would be what eberron eberron's to the west my thought was that the two of them just become lifelong friends and companions not romantic. Um, I think Vinny did love her, but not in a romantic sense. It, I, I always kind of imagined their relationship as very kind of like motherly and fatherly. You know, like <laughs> like they're the like they're almost like the couple that skipped the young love, yeah. and they're just comfortable Separate with beds. each other. Yes, they're <laughs> just com- they're just comfortable with each other. And so I, if, if Vinny had lived and if Azaka had lived, they would have traveled west and spent their lives together platonically. Yeah. If Azaka did not live, I think, I think Vinny probably would have gone with Binks, wherever Binks was going. Father-son type. Well, my, like, I mean, the whole, the whole arc of Vinny as a character is learning to trust people again. Yeah. That's yeah. his entire story is is learning, learning that you know, and I so I, you know, I was watching some recap moments from him, and he, one of his big moments is when he says that, you know, to Binks about him having friends that he has memories of, you know. Yeah. Vinny says, you know, at least you have memories. All I have are scars. I I think the process of creating memories that he for people he cared about 
was like huge. And I don't think I could see him going back to being on his own after that. I, I, it was going to be a Zaka or Banks, or it was going to be a bad ending for Vinny. Yeah, I think. Well, and I, I think Binks would have totally like accepted you as kind of that father figure, and, and would have like continued adventures. And I, I, I'll get to that here in a second. But two, one thing I wanted to comment on on uh, Vinny and Azaka, uh, I loved when you two would like kind of when Vinny would throw a flirt at Azaka and Bob, you would totally shoot it down. But Vinny, you would not overreact. You'd just be like, yeah, playing the long game here. You know, I'll, I'll kind of get you, you know, and, and it's, it's weird, not weird, but it's, it's different knowing now that you weren't like in this kind of sex hypersexualized way. It was more just like, you know, we're going to, we're going to get something going here and, and it'll be fine. And it was always fun to hear Bob's uh, kind of quip right back at you. It, it was always a good moment. So, that's fun stuff. I did like that relationship ever since the the dance and curse of ball. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was a good tip for tat. It, it just constant back and forth. Um, it was great. Yep. And there yeah. there was some feelings, you know, just mm-hmm. from an NPC standpoint. Like I can put in whatever I want here, but but the the relationship of Azaka and Vinny grew as the party stayed together longer, and you could tell mm-hmm. they. And, and I mm-hmm. think. I think the ending of a platonic friendship is very is perfect for them because yep. she's a she's a pretty complex character too in the fact that she does have uh lycanthropy in the fact that how is that she doesn't understand fully how that d- disease is spread and knowing her as a character that she has to be very like it took a long time for her to show her were tiger to the party and not yeah. knowing how that spread, not understanding the curse, I think it would have been strictly platonic all the way through. And not that looks are everything, but I, I I feel like because Vinny's a no go. It's a well. This is a this is an audio format, right? Right. Vinny's face is fucked up. Yeah. Uh, he's got an eye that is completely his orbital bone has been shattered. So I imagine he has an eye that trails off and down to the left because of that. Uh, he has lots of scars um, from physical abuse from people who were close to him. Um, you know, he's fat. I made him. I made him kind of pudgy. Like he kills these animals. He's got lots of meat. He sits yeah. around eating all day. You know, uh, and drinking alcohol. Um, I love it. So I even if like she could get, if she were interested, he's not the easiest sell in the world in the first place, and I think he knew that. Was he human? Yes. Human yeah. Yes. Um, and last but um, not least, go ahead. Actually, go ahead, Travis. Before we get to that, I hopefully this doesn't ruin anything for you, Binks. But I do think that Victon would have also tried to stay in touch a little bit with Binks to see how he had been doing the whole time, because they kind of built this uh, yeah. reliance on each other. At least Binks more on Victon, otherwise for for guidance after um, Rosara died. So I think he would have tried to stay in touch. Yeah, I think one of one of Binks's like uh, fears or flaws was that he fears strong men. I didn't play that up a whole lot. It was it was a tough one for me to do, especially with Vinny coming in. But I think that's what he saw. He liked about Victon was that he wasn't overt. This overt macho masculine figure. So he's always kind of you know like wanting to check in with Victon and make sure you know he he was all cool. But I think he would have definitely lended the the invitation to come 
travel out of Cholt for sure. But. Since we're talking, since we're talking about like relationships with with all the different characters, um, I want I would like to point out that um, I think the minute me as I, I as a player decided that uh, Vinny needed to play a lot more good uh, was when he accidentally hurt Willow's character. Uh, when he who was that was that dominate or no? I I crit failed. Yeah, and I yeah. attacked her. Yeah. Um, I, I I think from then on out that was like a big point where I had to like I was like this is the pivot point where he has to start being a better person. Um, and I think from then on out he I think my play style changed for him quite a bit from being the instigator and the asshole of the group into being more of like the fatherly protector. Um, trying to keep everybody alive. Um, other than the point when he shot the little sloth monkey things while Willow was holding them, uh, that was the last time I think he was really, truly an asshole. And I think I did he did that out of a sense of stop touching stuff. We have to protect everybody. We have to get out of this alive kind of thing. Um, so that moment where Willow's character and Vinny's character got to interact and the way you played that was so perfect where you were just scared to death of him and mad and you being a young girl, I think that would have really bothered Vinny as a character that like you were scared, you know, and you didn't even want to talk to him for a while. Um, I, I feel like before we left, I think Vinny would have tried to get you a, a replacement pet to take with you of some kind. Um, I think if we all traveled back to the port or something, he would try and find you, like, not a commandant, but, like, a nice house cat or something <laughs> to take to take with you. Because um, I, I do think that there was uh, some kind of connection made in that moment between the two characters in the sense that, like, from then on out, a lot of his actions with your character was trying to keep you alive. Mm-hmm. And so I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I definitely felt that too, like as my character, that I it was like a kind of like a fatherly thing that I annoyed you, but you still were like you had my back still. <laughs> Whatever happened to the commandants? If we officially decided we'll, they died, they we'll go probably died. Yeah, they're all oh. they're all dead. But let's Sorry. let's go to Binks. Let's go to Binks. Binks. Um, yeah, don't leave me hanging, guys. Yeah, I, I one feel more like thing. We, I feel like Just we've kidding. built it up. We've we've built Binks. Okay, up. good. All right. All right. So actually. I, I wrote two narratives here, like one, if Binks perished, which he did, and some of the things like he saw as he died. And I, I think uh, one of those was, and it was more just like this sweet affirmation of these friends that he's made. And one of them was he, he saw uh, a Willow as this coming out, crawling out of the where you're hiding place when we first met you and kind of smut covered on your face. You know, you're just kind of like, and you're able to just kind of hitch up with these hardened adventurers, you know, I saw that as kind of like this, this, this great moment for you. And then this other moment with Victon and this, this moment that frustrated me as a, as a person, but as the player, like Binks looks back on, uh, it's when we were crawling cursed ball and we were, we had exhaustion points <laughs> and me being like, Chris wanted to take a long rest, like, and I and and Victon wanted to keep going, so it's like one of his dying visions of Victon was him uh, climbing up Cursaball and just you know go, pushing through adversity, and then with Vinny, his dying vision of you was 
uh, me, Binks, and Vinny on a on a hunting trip, skin you know hunting deer and and skinning more deer and creating more of those memories. Because to Binks, that was one of his uh, the big moments for him and the turning point in his uh, wanting to have a relationship with Vinny was that moment they uh, Vinny took him hunting. So that was kind of his his fading moment. Um, but anyway, so if Binks lived, what would he ha- what would happen? Uh, I wrote a whole narrative, so I'll read it and um, and then we can talk about it. But so once the Harbor Boy uh, School or orphanage is set up and running, Binks uh, sets out to seek revenge upon the man who killed his mother, uh, Haymond Rayrick. After many weeks of trying to track him down, he narrowed his location to a small cottage outside the city limits of Tribor. Uh, as Binks crested the small hill that shadowed Haymond's cottage, he saw. Uh, the man that took everything, he, uh, the man that instilled so much fear into his life, the man that ruined his childhood, the man that took his mother away from him. Uh, Haman was sitting on a wicker rocking chair on the front porch of his cottage, smoking away on a pipe, rocking back and forth. Uh, not noticeable at first, but at the feet of Haman, playing around on the ground was a child uh, no more than three years old. Uh, Haman reaches down and picks up this little boy and bounces him on his knee, uh, rocking back and forth, and after a few seconds... He uh, embraces the boy with a hug and puts him back on the ground to play. Out of the cottage walks a woman, and for a second, Binks sees his mother's face uh, in the, in this woman. And for a second, he sees uh, himself as the little boy playing on the ground. And for a second, his anger goes away. Uh, the swelling in his throat and around his eyes subsides. His vision is corrected. It, it's not his mother or or him playing on the ground, but it is it is a second chance. Uh, for the first time in a while, there was not a huge urge to cry, but instead there was this need to sit and watch and imagine. Uh, imagine what his life could have possibly uh, been and feel like. After watching uh, for what seemed like a lifetime, Binks gathers his things and gets up to his feet and walks away. Uh, so there's this whole moment where Binks was going to kill this man who killed his mother uh, right in front of his face. And, and he gets there and he sees... Uh, this man living a life and living a, a ha- what seems like a happy life, and and Binks can't do it. He he turns around and walks away. I mean, he's got the he's got the the Harbor Boy orphanage and and school set up, and everything's going well there. There's no reason for Binks to 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 take anything from this man, even though he stole everything from him. It was just it was this weird kind of moment, and I didn't see myself uh, finishing Binks that way uh, until I started writing, and, and it just felt right that he would have. He would have walked away. He's seen he's enough seen, death. Yeah, he had seen so much yeah. shit, and and it just wasn't worth it to ruin this little kid's life and this this woman's life that he has no idea who they are. So he just walks away, and he and he goes back to a, a Boulder's Gate and and lives his life out as kind of the the patriarch of the Harbor Boy uh, School for uh, unfortunate children. Uh, and did you? Did, and I think yeah. he's truly happy. I think Binks. After seeing that and being able to walk away, I think it becomes truly happy. Did you did you call him Jeremy's kids? <laughs> Give to the charity, Jeremy. Jeremy's not a real character. It's Jeffrey, goddammit. Uh, yeah, so that's how Binks ends up, if he would have lived. Uh, he didn't. Sorry. I would like to ask, do, do you separate, not that you were together, separate from Waxanari? Because she, oh, so, so after this whole thing, she is the rightful heir, right? To where you're sitting, to where the, uh, this entire city. Yeah, so that's that's one of the things that maybe I regret not playing up enough 
is is uh, the whole Waxanare Binks relationship arc. <laughs> I don't think he would stay because I think he had this this revenge, and he had this worry of the Harbor Boys. So I don't think he would stay. I think once Omu's cleared and and cured and she's set up, there's not a real reason for him to stay. And he's, I mean, he's 13 in Elven years, so that's pretty damn young. I don't think he's to that point where he's thinking like, "Ooh, I need a, I need a girl." You know, comes it comes mid forties for elves. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think he would wish Mawaxinari well, and, and want to make sure that she is set up and protected, and and everything's running there. And but he would not. I don't think he would stay. It's those are too big of shoes for him to fill. I, I think that's fitting too, because you know as. She she's tried and tried, um, and, and being pretty sheltered life, her and uh, her brother, she she would have tried, and then once you pushed away, knowing that she's the rightful heir, that arrogance kind of comes back. So so you do see Malaxinar at the very end of of the campaign kind of turn that leaf, and you know she apologized to you, Willow, you know Binks. She kind of just comes up and subtly grabs your hand, and and you know she she understands that you're the protector, but. With, with that, you know, she she lives and she regains that arrogance that you f- first met and you knew. <laughs> almost that teenage angst that just carries throughout her life. She doesn't she doesn't stay around for long. She thinks any, any person's game at this point. Um, and then I would does, say, Go ahead. Does... So I had a question. I was wondering about this. So Omu's overrun by Yuan-Ti and Rasni... Does she does she get back Omu? No, and, and here here's why um, I would say no because Ra- Rosni is there to protect the temple um, to an extent, and you as we go through the module review, um, we'll we'll talk about that. But they're there to protect the temple, and um, the the moment that Aserak is defeated. He's not, you know, as we all may know or not know, liches, once you kill them, they're not dead. You have to kill their phylacteries and all of the urns that were sitting on the sides, those were other lich phylacteries that are in different dimensions. Um, And Sarek kind of being that arch lich, he's not dumb. His uh, phylacteries are spread throughout the planes. They're throughout the, the, the universe as you know it, so... Killing Aserak today, he respawns in ten days. Um, so while in your head it's a victory, he comes back. Um, so he still he still has Omu in his in his grasp. I, I think the ending for Mawaxanari would have been um, she tries to retake Omu and falls to the Yuan-Ti. Um Is it unsuccessful? So e- either she dies with it or. She's coward enough to not fight in, in her whatever army she's gathered or if she's by herself didn't stay. Mm. For Artis, we he is a an adventurer. And if you've played some of the other modules, if you understand what the Adventurers League is, Artis Simber is a extremely big character in those adventure leagues. Um, his his life would have been continuing to adventure. You know, he would have he would have kept the legacy of Dragon Bait Alive, and um, what what you guys didn't get to uncover is the ring he has is called the Ring of Frost, 
or the Ring of Winter. I can't remember off the time ahead. Um, and you guys saw the the stat block for that ring is ridiculous, and that's why the Frost Giants were in Chalt. They were looking for the ring, so he's constantly running away from these giants. And I was kind of hoping you guys found him because Vinny, that played into your backstory. Yeah, I speak giant. <laughs> but he spends the rest of his days living out the next adventure, um, constantly looking to better the world um, and do what he can. Azaka, I think, would have absolutely gone with you, Vinny. Um, wherever the travels went, you know, her her curse is kind of a thing she runs from and running to the West out of Cholt, out of what her... You know her understanding is is a direction that she would take. Um, Luke knew would have stayed and, and fought for Moaxinari till the end. Um, she she was a she was a protector and a, a bodyguard to Queen Napaka. And knowing that she uh, she would have fought till the end, and she probably would have been there trying to help retake Omo from UNT and and maybe gave her life finally. Hmm. Alternate universe. Uh, anything. What, anything. What could have been? Yeah. What could what have been? been? Um, anything. D and D twenty ninety nine. You know what's really interesting about talking about all of you guys' characters is you guys had so much character development before I came into the campaign that sometimes you guys are talking about your characters and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't see that, and it's only because I, you know, came in pretty much after you guys had done most of the character building yep. mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's funny because like so we when we've been trying to put together like clips as far as like these are our favorite moments for our characters you are introduced in episode 15 yeah. that's half exactly halfway through the the entire show but it's so the the development of who these people right. are is so front-loaded as a group that like it's it's unfortunate. I don't feel like we got to know Willow and get her to really mesh with the group. That's why I'm super excited for Waterdeep. I, I'm mm-hmm. I, I want to see this part, this group from the beginning, build those relationships and build of a, a, a deep bond as a group as we go through it. Um, mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I was shocked. I thought it was like episode. I thought you were like there for ten episodes, and you were there for half half of the what's out there for people to listen to yeah mm-hmm. I, was, I was telling bob before we started streaming we were in omu for a long fucking time yeah. long goddamn time so and we didn't move we're just in omu or in level one of the two yeah and just forever i i mean i was gone for two months and we were pretty much in the omu and the tomb for that entire time yeah. you didn't miss anything well <laughs> so i really let's... didn't that's the crazy part <laughs> Let's, uh, let's go ahead before and we go to, out. Before we go to module, like our thoughts on the module, is that where you were headed? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I wanted to ask a question uh, to each one of you about your character. Did your character end up, did you end up playing your character the way you had originally written them? Because I know, Vinny, you had talked about there's one point where you, like, you took a left turn. Like, you kind of had to change some of the things. So did you... What was your intention with your character, and did they did you end up playing that intention? I'll start. Um, so I had two characters uh, for the tomb. I had Rosara, who was a cleric, um, and the whole idea for her was that she was going to be this wild spirit. You know, she she runs away from home, 
And then uh, the uh, I know because I couldn't get it to come through. The entire beginning of the campaign was people doing crazy, stupid shit, and Rosar being like, "Don't, don't do that. Don't do, do, don't do that." So she became like super motherly and like the stick in the mud, keeping everybody from doing everything fun. So when I got an opportunity for her to die, I was kind of cool with it because like she wasn't she wasn't turning out the way I wanted her to be. Um, so that's that was kind of a, a thing that happened because of the party composition of, okay, well, I don't get to be the free spirit, you know, lover of life that I wanted her to be. Yeah. She's got to be the, it's what, and it's kind of funny because her whole thing was she was the oldest of 11 kids. She got stuck watching the kids oh, man. and she didn't want to do that. So she <laughs> runs away to be a missionary for Amitai and she ends up in Chol babysitting with, a group of adventurers. Binks. Yeah. Babysitting so a group of children. Binks's biggest thing was like, Rosara, you were my new mother figure. And like yeah. I'm gonna attach myself to you. <laughs> yeah. So uh so and then so once she died, I was like, okay, well, I feel like this party needs some drama. It was like my whole thought. I was like, I want to make an anti-hero. I want to make the guy who's here with the group and probably like shouldn't. And my inspiration was um, I had been watching some old Lost in Space episodes. And I, I love the idea. If you'd have never watched it, the, the story is this family of, of space adventurers. They get stranded away from Earth with this doctor guy that is like a, a, a cohort of their dad, of the dad of the families, the Robinsons. And uh, he's a bad fucking dude. So, like, the entire show is them stuck with this villain, but they have to work together to survive because they're lost in space. And that was my whole thought was, like, I want that character. I want, I want to be the guy who's despicable and underhanded and, and is just lighting fires all over the place and the party's going to have to go around and stamp him out. And he's going to get his comeuppance from time to time because he's going to do something stupid and get put in his place. And uh, early on, mission accomplished. Like, I feel like I got that. And um, when, when, Jimmy, when Jimmy died... Yeah, Jimmy. Um, I'm sorry, I'm going to do that until the end of my days. Uh, so when, when Je uh, Jeffrey died, I, I, I needed to make a choice. Because my first thought was, he's going to give big shit about this. And he's going to tell him to get up off his feet, wipe his nose, and get back to work and it's going to be really bad. Like I think Binks might kill him. And, and so I, I had to like alter what I wanted him to be. And because truth be told, when you're bonding with these characters and you're playing with these people all the time, you fall in love with their characters. So Vinny, who I, I wanted to play kind of, kind of neutral, maybe at best, you know, not outright evil, just self-serving as fuck. I found it hard to do because he did begin to, you know, when he when he saw the heartbreak that Binks was going through, I think he felt bad for him. Um, and I think he also felt jealous of him because Binks does, or Vinny did not have anybody in his life that he would ever mourn. And I believe that he became attached to Victon, and again, that aspect of somebody being honorable. I, he became attached to Willow because she made him 
realize that like what how he acts hurts people and he's become the thing he hated the most like a bully like he's become that person who his dad who you know beat the shit out of him yeah he's become the co the the partner that that stabbed him in the back and i i so i didn't ever intend for him one to live till the end i fully expected that the party might murk him. The party might tell him to leave. And I never expected him to actually evolve into a well-rounded person. I was playing a trope. I was playing I was playing the villain, stuck with the adventurers. And I fell in love with the character, and I, I, I knew I had to make changes if he was going to survive. I like that. Yeah, I, I too. I, I like that. What about you, Binks? Uh, so... <laughs> Playing Binks, it was almost a joke at first because, you know, the warning before Tomb was like, hey, have three characters ready. You're going to fucking need them. So I'm like, okay, I'll play this one. He's a fighter. <laughs> He'll be just a little boy, whatever. You know, thinking he's not going to last. I'll, I'll, I'll go on to my next character, which is actually kind of an iteration of my Waterdeep character. I'll play that one, which I really want to, to run with. So Binks wasn't, I wasn't thinking I was going to play him at all. So, but he ended up just hanging around, you know, just kind of being the archer, sitting in the back, and he's got he's got pretty high armor class. So, anytime he would get in melee, it 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 was okay for him, and he just kept hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. I didn't really know how how I was going to play him, and then things happen. Like we pick up Victon, he sees Victon as a strong male, you know, that's kind of humble. And then we pick up Vinny, and he's this. Uh, He's this kind of braggadocious, kind of, I don't give a fuck what you're going to do. Uh, I, so I didn't really have a way. I didn't have an idea of how Binks is going to make it to the end, what Binks would look like at the end. So it's really just building on every moment and kind of how is it all adding up. And I, I think it went pretty well. And I, I, uh, I, you know, this is a moment where I pat myself on the back a little bit. And I'm, I'm happy with the way that uh, I was able to take some of those encounters and, and build them into Binks. And, and kind of embody being. So, I don't know. There was a moment when Rosara died that I remember. He was I was thinking about multi-classing into Rogue, and he was going to become this kind of, you know, the mother figure's gone. So kind of while the, the, the cat's away, the mice will play. Teenage Rebellion. <laughs> yeah, so he was going to become a pickpocket and just kind of... Start wearing black. But we, but we immediately left Port Nianzaru, so it didn't make any sense at that point. Because we're now in the fucking wilderness. Who am I gonna? <laughs> who am I gonna steal from there? You know, he was gonna go back to more of his uh, harbor boy ways, like uh, stealing bread to survive, kind of thing. Um, so that didn't happen. So I, there was a moment in time where I thought that was an avenue I was gonna travel down. So I, I don't know. I, he ended up being what he was, and and I, I'm, I'm happy with Binks, and I, I'm so glad that I, I got to play him, and and I had some emotional moments with Binks, and and saw some growth. So I, I can't say I would change anything, and I can't really speculate as to what I thought he would be. Uh, what about you, uh, Willow? So, uh, my character is super bittersweet for me. It was super bittersweet because I had never played a druid before. I really wanted to play a druid, but I was like, oh, I'm just going to be doing this one shot with this group of dudes that streams on Twitter, and so I didn't put a lot of effort into my or Twitch, yeah. I didn't put a lot of effort into my backstory, and I didn't really develop the character's personality, really. I was like, oh, I'll just be this silly girl from, you know, that 
shows up. And so I ended up playing her and really had never having a developed story for her and it made it really hard to role play. Mm. Um, but then once I started, I felt like I couldn't really go back. And then I also didn't really want to put the effort into it because I was like, oh, it's a meat grinder. She's going to die in two episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a little disappointed. I, I definitely will play Druid in the future that um, I can kind of maybe delve into a little bit more. Yeah. So I wasn't super happy with my character, to be completely honest. But, um, I yeah, like I said, I thought she was going to die. We, we so. made it. <laughs> Yeah. We made it, yay! She made it to the end. She made it, yay! I think Devin kind of touched on this too. Is like, you came in after we had all meshed and kind of created characters, and I wish, like, we had Willow during those early sessions, so that when we're in the tomb, we have this connection, and and it's all kind of it's all fleshed out, and and it was something a little bigger. It was it's a tough spot to be in, you know, coming in in the middle of a meat grinder. Uh, well, and there were situations where you could tell she was the outsider of the group still. Like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, let me help you. And everybody was like, uh, <laughs> or hey, mm-hmm. <laughs> pass. <laughs> oh, part of that was because she was goofy and maybe always didn't have the greatest <laughs> ideas. But <laughs> So I, I, I don't know if you meant this to be in, intentional, but I loved, like, I got a real sense that she was kind of a girl in over her head. Like, oh, yeah, that was totally she like original. she was just like I'm gonna go be an adventurer. I'm going into the jungle, mm-hmm. and then like she ends up like completely. And I I love that. Like yeah. I I don't know if it was intentional or not, but I thought it, it was, was such a good like depth layer to a character that by your own admission wasn't like completely fleshed out. You thought she was just gonna die, and yeah. I and and that played through the entire campaign. Of like she's in way over her head. She yeah. doesn't have a clue what's going on, and and I I did highly enjoy role playing off of that and yeah. and and figuring out how to make that work. Well, and two, I think Willow brought some some levity to the group, some some spontaneity. Yes, like yeah. we were, we were all pretty serious. Binks is an emotional mess. You know, Victon's pretty <laughs> stoic, and and Vinny's kind of the asshole. Well, you brought the comedy in, and and I think we needed that at that moment. Yes, we yes. needed yes. that so much heading into Omu, and I I think that was like the biggest contribution that Willow provided to the group was that 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 levity, just being able to just like relax and just have a good time. And hey, oh by the way, I'm gonna take this commandant, and it's now my pet. So <laughs> I. I think it was it was much needed for everybody. Yes, uh, your the comic relief was very yeah. well appreciated. Good. And uh, last but not least, Victon. <laughs> I feel like my answer is more complicated, but also simplistic. Um, I didn't have any expectations going into it. <laughs> my character, Victon, was built like what the half hour hour before the first my first game started. It was, it was built over the first Devin. month. It was built with Devin, it was built with Bob, and I. it was basically enough to get my character going. I didn't have personality traits. I didn't even know what they were, how those were decided. I didn't know the ideals, bonds, flaws, none of those things. Um, it wasn't until... I don't. I think it was until I finally created my second character for backup for this that I even realized, oh, you should have personality traits or any of that. Um, but I think I kind of leaned into it fairly well. I tried. Um, I definitely didn't live up to the paladin ideals that I probably could have. Um, there were some 
shortcomings there in many ways, I think. But I think I did pretty good for my first character, especially as, as a paladin. Um, there was so much more to it. I just kind of liked the paladin because I liked the paladin character back in Final Fantasy II. Um, it's always been my draw. I always pick paladins in games, and there's never been a rhyme or reason for it. So I, I think it worked out really well. Um, I definitely, once I got around to picking out my personality traits and stuff, I tried to lean in with them as well as I could. Um, some of them were kind of accidental. Like one of my flaws was I overlook obvious solutions in favor of complicated ones, which is something I just do in general. <laughs> so, I think that worked out really well for the puzzles. <laughs> um, the rest of them were kind of, I take them or leave them. Um, so I didn't have a huge attachment to Victon. Um, I mean, it was my first character, so there's that. But other than that, I'm not going to miss him much. I think I could. I would love to return to the Paladin class, maybe even a Dragonborn again, and just really live up to the roleplay of that, because I didn't know what roleplaying really meant for this scale of a game. Mm-hmm. Like, Can I? And that, that's kind of why I'm looking forward to Waterdeep, because, uh, yep. oh. you know, Victon, you're now moving on to, you know, you've gone through Vic, or yeah. Travis, you now have gone through Victon, and now let you know, now you get to grow, and I think that's where I was at in this campaign with Binks, is like, I'd played a couple, you know, kind of like struggling through, and then Binks was finally the moment where I, I got to kind of open up and, and embrace all of that. And so that'll be kind of cool to see where, where you go with the. Uh, you were spectacular with Binks. Let me just say that. Well, that was fantastic. You. All the things that he had going on and the emotional aspect of it. I mean, you were the best of the role plays, in my opinion. No offense, no. Evan. I think you were really good too, but Binks was yeah. far and away the best. I- I think I think we all had some some really oh, great sure. great moments. Oh yeah. So I can I pivot kind of off of this. You mentioned that you had a, a second character, cutting room floor. What what were your what were your characters on the cutting room floor? Oh. If if you're not planning on using them for no, uh, I have a I have another one. Okay. So tell me. if if Binks was gonna bite it in the tomb, I had a Tabaxi bard ready to go. And he he was just going to be kind of a, a slick kind of guy, uh, and I think he would not have meshed with Vinny at all. And and maybe that's kind of was the motivation there. Is like Binks and Vinny were kind of you know at the hip a little bit. It's like okay, let's break away from that. Let's build a an antagonist, an antithesis to uh, what Binks was for Vinny. Uh, I don't know that it would have worked out. Just being like in the tomb, it's high stress. I don't know that it would have been a good a good fit, but it, it felt right. If, like something kind of fun, but looking back now, I don't know that it would work. I had a rock gnome bard that I was gonna do. Full stop right there. Like, <laughs> please tell me he's into like Swedish death metal or something. <laughs> you know, I didn't get into the musical aspect of it um, for that design, <laughs> but personality-wise, I'm going to reuse this because I I kind of used it in our Halloween one, I think. I wanted, I wanted a character that was mischievous and just a happy-go-lucky crazy all over the place, and he was going to be it. And I think I'm still going to use that later somehow. I might even still go for the Rock Dome Bard. Um, I'm actually doing a Rock Dome for my next character in Waterdeep, so yes, it's going to be fun. Um, his name was Zook Knackle Stumbleduck. 
Nice! In the book. And I just picked the craziest of them all, and I nice. loved them. And it was just going to be a perfect um, fitting for the character he was going to be. He was going to live up to that wacky, ridiculous name in, in Hope That's anyway. Great. I don't know if I could have pulled it off, but I was hoping to challenge my role-playing abilities that I don't know that I have still. <laughs> nice. Willow, did you have a backup? I did. I kind of touched on this a little bit on my Twitter once, but I really wanted to play a Warforged, like, super old, super, like, wise, very, I don't know, like, graceful, but like a sorceress kind of, like, very different from, I think, a typical Warforged. Um, Gandalf. Kind of, yeah. So, but I, you know. Didn't yeah. really develop her all that much, to be completely mm-hmm. honest. What about you? I had, I had a, I had a fully fledged out, ready to go character. Uh, yeah. Her name, her name was Pavanosis Inexplicida, and she was a fallen angel warlock. Uh, I wanted to do something uh, with an ASMR, but I wanted to actually be a fallen angel, not a, not a progeny of a fallen angel, and. Um, and my whole concept was because of the soul monger, things are wrong in the celestial planes. Nice. And there is war going on over it. And uh, she was going to be uh, a good angel who made a mistake and uh, has fallen to earth and has to, has to destroy the soul monger to gain redemption and ascendancy back to the celestial plane. And uh, I was totally ready to, to rock her. Um, she, I, I picked her up after we left Curse of Ball. Before that, I had a bard named Professor Power Ballad. And um, his backstory was going to be that uh, he had lost all his street cred. like, And so... He's decided it was not a good tomb character, yeah, and this is why. This is this is yeah. This is why this is cutting room floor. So <laughs> so he, he he lost. He was a he's a rock star, and he he was like an OG kind of thing. And then people f- started thinking he's lame, and he's he's lost his cool factor. Yeah. And uh, so he goes out into the jungle to try and gain some of that notoriety back. And and build like these tall tales about himself. So that was my that was the the cut that would have probably never made it to game. I think if Vinny had died at some point before that, I probably would have just done something else. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Professor Power Ballad and Pavlonosis and Explicita. My, uh, <laughs> oh were, man, were my two cutting room floor characters. So I do have a question for Bob, but he's he's taking a phone call right now. Uh. So where do where does your character sit on your all time list of characters that you've played? So I know for for uh, Travis, is you know, a very small amount of characters, but where does where do they sit? I'll Second. go first on this one. I'd like so. To. Oh, you could go first. Sorry. Because it's easy. Second, Victim is second on mine. I really, really loved my Halloween character. I loved how mischievous okay. and. Shit yeah. starter he was. Yeah, he was awesome. I loved it, and I really yeah, you did you... explicitly back. That was so fun. Well, but he's second. That was first. Nice. And I, I think 
Travis, that's what well, wants that leaves me wanting to see you in Waterdeep is because mm. that Halloween character you played was pretty awesome, man. You were like totally embracing it. It's like not that you weren't embracing Victon, but it's like this is a different side of Travis. Like different. Yeah. We're seeing some of his uh, role playing uh, chops there, so it's, it's making me want to kind of uh, see see what's in the, in the works there coming up. Yeah, that was so beyond my comfort zone, but I really enjoyed it. There were a lot of there was a darker aspect to him I didn't get to, and I want to get to if I can. Um, and then third would have been Thrash from Murder in New Bruges. <laughs> he was just the like, shirtless, the shirtless guy. There were a lot of fun things that came out of him. I don't know if I was very consistent. I, was, I tried to be fairly consistent with who he was, but yeah, he was a very basic character. Yeah, nice. So. Willow, I was just gonna go because it's pretty easy for me too. I think this is. I hate to say it, but maybe my Do least it. favorite character. I've oh, I saw that coming with what you. Yeah. Know. Because, yeah, exactly, because what I had said before is I, for me, D&D is more about role play than it is the battles and the combat, and mm-hmm. I didn't get that with her, and part of that was the fact that I didn't develop her backstory, I wasn't there for the character development, and it's t- yeah. it's the tomb, you just can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. You- yeah, I think she's my least favorite. You were in a bad spot coming into it because you didn't know if you were going to be with us long term. Um, yeah. And then you came in even later than I did, which put me at a disadvantage. I can't imagine what you were at feeling that way. So, yeah, but, it was harder for you. So it's totally understandable. That would be your least favorite. Even even though it was your least favorite character, you had moments in the tomb that were like in in this campaign that were were pretty. Um, concrete in all of our memories you know that, that mm-hmm. kind of have have a spot and i think that this is something to you as a as a player is mm-hmm. like even though I, i'm not really enjoying this character you're still involved in, in kind of building the uh the scene with everybody else so. i would never have guessed you didn't like her that much um oh, really? characters. <laughs> I, you did a good job i really liked willow okay. um I think Binks sits pretty high on my list. One, just because it's like the first character I've played for a long time uh, and, and completed a, a module with. Uh, there's there's some out there that I wish I had the chance to keep playing. Like my very first character, uh, I wish I could kind of figure him out more. But so because it's because I can't, I'm going to put Binks at the top. Like Binks, right now, he's he's wearing the crown. He's... It's my my favorite character of all time. So, Devin, I think Vinny is the best work I've ever done as a role player. I fear I fear that I will not reach the highs that I got out of Vinny again, and that's kind of that's kind of a little daunting and scary to me. Um, I I I really put a lot of heart into Vinny. Not that I don't put it into my other characters, but like I, like I said, Rosara didn't turn out the way I wanted her to. Other characters have turned out not the way I wanted them to. And uh, Vinny was not as originally planned him, but uh, I, 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 I love him. He's he's top of my list. And he got a good death. And uh, that, it's funny. I, I I like my character deaths as much as I love yeah. character creation, especially if you get some kind of say in that and some agency in letting that happen. It was just something I'm going to have to watch out for myself. For, uh, I do this in a lot of games where I think I, I make my character make the sacrificial, you know, move, and yeah. I, I'm gonna have to make sure I don't fall into that being like my thing uh, yeah. moving forward. But uh, Vinny, number one by by far, uh, I am going to I'm going to miss him 
a, a lot. I I will say we got we got a rough cut going of Vinny highlights um, that we're working through, and I got goosebumps, man, when you were uh, when you grabbed the lich, and then you're like, I'm gonna whisper it in his ear and say, "This is for my love, man." I got some serious goosebumps as you were just like envisioning what this looks like. You just swan diving into the lava and whispering that in this son of a bitch's ear, man. It was. It was, a, it was a great moment. I'm not... If I were DM, and I, this is not a the criticism in any way, it would have been very hard for me to not be like... That's it. You fall into the lava. <laughs> the tomb's open. As Vinny sinks into the lava <laughs> along with the lich, you wait for 5, 10, 15 minutes, and nothing happens. That, that probably is yeah. how... I, I couldn't have resisted it. I, I I I would be like this is I we're never gonna get a moment like this, yeah ever ever in a game again. But, but no, I, I think that goes back to Bob as the DM when we said do not pull do not pull punches. punches do not pull right. punches. So yes, that's it, man. That's not the ending you're gonna get today. You know. Yep. Uh, so I do want to ask Bob like you didn't have a character right so. Who are some of your favorite PCs that you played, and what are some of the highlights, and what are some of the things that you maybe would do differently if uh, you had a second chance? Favorite PC that I played, or NPC, rather. Or are we talking outside of this game? No, uh, we're talking this. Let's talk this game, yeah. This and game. Then, and then where do these PCs and rate on your list? NPCs. My, <laughs> my favorite was the I, old I know it. I already know. God damn it! I know it. Um, I'm such, such a troll. And so what I would have what I would have done differently is actually recorded it. <laughs> um, yeah, I really yeah, wish so that's that the biggest regret is we don't have that on. That by far that was, so good. was so. I was picking on Travis, and, and I'll admit it just straight <laughs> out. He hadn't been terribly involved, and I'm like, okay. We're gonna do, we're gonna get Travis involved tonight. Yeah, and it wasn't like, hey, Travis, I'm gonna be a bully to you. It it was, how do I get Travis's character involved? And so it's this old guy just out there fishing, and Travis walks up to him, and I'm like, and so it's this conversation about nothing that goes on for a half an hour, and you're just like, is he gonna walk away? Was it really yeah. that long? Yeah, I did. I did wait. I, I did. I was. Time, I man. think I PM. I think I PM'd Chris like or DM'd Chris like, are we gonna have to go get him? Yeah, it was a half like half an hour at least 15 minutes so to 30 good. minutes um i think my my shining moment that i enjoyed the most was the oni and, and the oni was yeah. such a fun villain like it, it wasn't like a main villain it wasn't like this long story arc that was going to stretch out it created this sense of doom that hadn't been felt for a while. And so I feel like when we played the module, it was kind of like, ha, 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 you know, meat grinder, this is fun, let's go die. But then it got serious. When the moment that Rosara died and the moment that we left Port Nine Zaru, it got serious. And it it, it was almost too easy to an extent. And and that's, you know, you guys did a very good job of being players in in Cholt, in the jungles. But it was almost too easy. And so this Oni is like this nightmare that is just, you have no idea when it's going to strike. You have no idea what's going to happen. And it's just there. It's always there. Um, and then probably one of my other favorite characters was um, 
Azaka. The, the, the tip for tat that she and Vinny had was, was a, a pretty memorable, memorable experience for me. Yeah, I was I was looking at some of the uh, episode titles, kind of in the middle of our run here. They were all centered around Vioni. Like it's us or him. Tonight we finally sleep. You know, it's like all this shit that is just the Oni fucking with us over and over again. <laughs> and, and really, I, I I'll throw some accolades your way. It's like running the Oni in some of those encounters was was pretty awesome. You know, the way that you would kind of show yourself and then come back and then back out and like leave us like. <laughs> fuck, we just need to kill this motherfucker. <laughs> it, it was just so much of our role play and, and our, our mentality and and game planning was centered around how are we going to beat the Oni. So much so that uh, Chris, who's not, not here, made a character that is just an Oni killer. Like, that's so focused on just getting rid of the Oni, you know? It's like, I think... I, I don't I don't want to uh, delegitimize the Lich, but the Oni was my favorite villain and, and the favorite bad guy that we fought. It was just because of the the stretch, and, yeah. and the showing itself and, and and pulling back and and just what it caused to the party. Uh, it was my favorite part. I think. I think one thing that I would have changed a little bit more was maybe the Lich's presence in the tomb. There, there, and thinking about it now again, hindsight twenty twenty. It would have been fun to have that Oni presence with Aserak and with the Lich and making his presence known here yeah. that wherever you guys are going, it's not going to be good. Um, I think that's one of the things I would have changed. See, and not I would disagree. I, I liked the fact that we didn't know it was at the end of the tomb. It was, it was like Jaws. It's a complete mystery. We had no idea what the Soul Marker looked like. We had no idea who was behind it. We had no idea what it actually even fucking was. We just knew it was called the Soulmonger, and it's at the heart of the tomb. And that was it. And so I, I, I liked that he wasn't there until he was, and he was this all-consuming presence that we were not prepared for. Like, that. Yeah. It, it was a nice contrast to the Oni who was, we slowly learned about him, and 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 devised a plan for him. It was a very different battle for the mini boss as opposed to the the big bad evil guy at the end. Yeah. Um, so I I like that there that he was a complete mystery to us. I, I it, it felt appropriate for the two. Okay. I, I want to throw out there that I loved Dragon Bait. Dragon Bait. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I loved that Here's he Dragon was Bait subtle well. but gruff. And that, like, I don't think that, like, as far as NPCs go, he's probably the most I've ever felt, like, connected to. Maybe not my character, but me personally. Because I was like, I know he's yeah. back there. I know that he's kind of, like, this safekeeper, but still, like, a grumpy old fart. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. I adored <laughs> him. And he was definitely my yeah. favorite NPC. Yeah. I wish I could to know him. I think, that, I think that played through in the game. Like, we... We said no. We are not leaving Dragon Bait here. We are taking him somewhere safe and giving him a proper, as proper as we can, kind of burial. And I think uh, if if Bob doesn't kind of create those threads and and kind of get us involved and in, and in interested in caring for this character, it's, we we don't like fuck it. There's Dragon Bait who gives a shit, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but that wasn't the case, and we we were attached to Dragon Bait. Yeah, I think everybody was pretty sad when Dragon Bait fell. Damn it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like a, a Zaka would have been uh, the only one that would have had a little bit more impact oh, if she fell before. For sure. Um, but 